Okay. Here's a question that nobody cares about, but I can't stop caring about. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around to hear it, does it continue to be a tree? I was sitting in the dentist chair just an hour ago and he brought the drill out and put it against my tooth and I realized my body was starting to flex everywhere to get ready for a nerve pain I was afraid might happen. And so I softened my grip, softened my legs and just let myself sort of hang out in like a half tense state. And then I watched as my awareness funneled down to focus on the spot where the drill was touching the tooth. Like all of that experience became my focus point. And I realized as I witnessed myself doing this, that I was doing it so that I could contain the experience of the drill on the tooth. So I could put a bubble around it. And that is, that's othering it. That's specifically, that's making that experience its own object of experience. I use object in the most abstract way possible here. If you, if you read metaphysics before, you might have gotten into categories and stuff like that. And I'm talking about like the purely abstract concept of an object. It's like the whole, the whole system of tooth and drill and sensations some of which might end up being painful, get wrapped into their own object by my putting my focused awareness on them. And this plays into Husserl, I think, um, or another one of the existentialist philosophers focus on intentionality, saying that conscious awareness has a way of intending on its object like reaching out from the self toward objects of experience in order to touch them. And that philosopher explored intentionality, but the word's really useful without having to know what the heck he said about it. There's a way that I intentionally bring my awareness to that thing in order to turn it into something that's not me. And there's a sort of distance I make from it. And there's a way that I get to control the distance I make from it. I get to, in a sense, send those feelings away from myself only if I know where they are. And I played with this while the dentist had his drill in my mouth with not doing that. What if I just take my focus off of that experience and put it back on, say, my legs, which are now heating up like they're going to sweat because that's a stress response my body likes to have. And I realized, oh shit, if I lose track of the thing, I feel anxious. Because now, if there are any nerve zingers that come from the drill, they're going to come right into like the back of my awareness. They're going to be right here with me, so to speak, instead of stuffed into an object that's distinct from me, stuffed into some bodily experience that isn't me. There's a way in which everything happening that I'm not intentional toward is at like these fuzzy edges of my awareness 
and less distinct from me. Like the air that's flowing around my skin right now. It's the experience of it is not something I'm focused on, or at least I wasn't, and I just take it for granted, and it's not deeply unpleasant, so I just let it be with me, and it's just part of the whole of my self-experience. In a way, it's not like an on-off switch, where I'm either intending on an object or not, but there's like a gradient of intentionality. And objects that are farther forward in the gradient toward what I would call focus are more distinct. They're more objecty. They're more other. And what this revealed to me is something I've been noodling on for a while, which is conscious awareness defines distinctness. Distinctness only exists within the context of consciousness. If you take this out of the gradient and back into the on-off world, it's happening or it's not, I'm conscious of it or I'm not, you get to the concept of duality and non-duality. It is our awareness of anything that makes it dual with us, with the sense of I. So if a tree is in the forest, falling down, I think it's pretty easy to say that there is, if not an objective fact of wood ripping itself away from dirt and slamming into other dirt and making noise, then there's at least an intersubjective experience that we might all have, or that we have had, that we can agree is what you would call a tree falling down. So there's something outside me that's happening and causing shockwaves and noises and birds to flutter away in fright and all of that. But is what's happening a tree if I'm not paying attention to it? Or has it moved out to the liminal edges of awareness and ceased to be such a distinct thing from me? Now it's just a bunch of verbs and adverbs caring, movement toward gravity or with gravity, uh, collision, noise, fluttering, dust, stirring, instead of nouns and adjectives, tree hits earth, birds fly. It's only when I put my intentional awareness on them, even if only to think them, that they become distinct things. This shows up in trauma healing work that I do, that I've done myself as the client, and that I do with my clients. And that's very often when we're having an embodied experience that's connected with a memory of overwhelm, a trauma. There's a way that the person going through the experience wants to bring their whole awareness to that thing in the body and focus down on it. And when we do that, I've come to learn, and now I help people to avoid, that the experience can't change. It gets trapped. Let's say the experience is 
a burning sensation in my forearms related to anger that wants to move but can't because of some implicit belief about how I can't be angry right now. Then I get this burning heat in my arms and we can use somatic awareness to notice the burning, get a sense of where it is. Oh, it's just in the skin. Oh, it's prickly. Oh, it's really hot. Oh, it's uncomfortable. Notice the discomfort. But it doesn't fucking change. But when we change the way that we're paying attention to it, and I say any of a bunch of cues that I can give, for example, notice everything else happening in your body that's not the burning. And you start to bring your intentional focus out to the rest of your body. Oh yeah, my belly feels grumbly. Oh yeah, my back is sore. Oh, my skin feels nice where it's against the soft blanket. The pillow against my chest feels good. Then there's a chance for the burning sensation in the arms to evolve into something. It might turn into a new sensation in the solar plexus related to heat, or it might turn into an emotion of anger that finally shows up. Or it might turn into something else. But it changes form only when we're not pinning it down with our intentionality. And since the purpose of trauma healing work is to allow things to evolve the way that they wanted to but couldn't, taking awareness off something, or at least taking the thing out to the liminal edges of awareness so that it can evolve, is what allows us to do trauma healing. So, so much of what I do is early on to teach people how to even become aware of the experiences they're having. But then the next stage is often to teach them how not to use their awareness to pin those things down. And it's very uncomfortable. There's a way in which all of the unpleasant experiences that could come up, if we don't have our eye on them, so to speak, they're going to come up in the back of the awareness right next to the sense of me. And that's really close. That's really unified with me. Indistinct. Not different. This even goes into other methodologies. Somatic experiencing is one. But SE draws from something called focusing. A psychologist named Eugene Genlin invented it in the late 60s and, and promulgated it in the 70s and 80s. Focusing is just that. Focusing is actually learning how not to focus. How to bring your awareness to the fuzzy liminal space between sensation and emotion, that area we call the felt sense. And you go there. When you go there, you're not pinning down sensations and emotions anymore, and they can turn into something. They can turn into new meaning, they can turn into action, they can turn into a changed belief, they can turn into insight, whatever. There's so much here. And the thing that like really geeks me out the hardest is being able to think of conscious awareness, attention, focus, and intentionality in a certain way that links to information theory. Everything that has form has information, but we can't pin down what information fundamentally is. None of the mathematicians, none of the computer scientists, none of the physical scientists can agree. And the metaphysicists are looking at all of them saying, you guys aren't even self-consistent within yourselves. 
And I wonder if that's because information is fundamentally tied to conscious awareness. Nothing is distinct from us except when we become aware of it. <laughs> and then we define its distinction from us. And there are various conveniences to that and inconveniences to that. Sometimes that distinction lets us keep it away so that it's not part of us, right next to us, immediate. We reduce its immediacy, in a sense, when we make it distinct. And all of this really just speaks to the experience of aversion or fear. But there's the whole experience of craving or desire that has its own interaction with distinctness and objectness. Where when we desire, we have to bring our attention to something, define it as an object. Desire moves into it and draws us toward it, and there's a, a want to merge. But we already are it. All we have to do is stop paying attention. That's crazy. Anyway, this is what it's like to go to the dentist for me. I hope you enjoyed it.